consolidating into, you know, five to 10 big deals rather than a hundred small deals. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me excited to have David Parade. David, how are you doing today? Doing well, Todd. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. Well, a little bit about uh, David. He's... Uh, Active duty Marine for 13 years now in the reserves, or you said the, what'd you call it? The Yeah, I'm doing a IMA, which is IMA. It, technically the reserves, but it's like, a, instead of doing one weekend every month, you do, you just have to accumulate 30 days every year. So I can basically like dormant for 11 months, show up for a month and disappear for 11 more months. Got it. Got it. Hence so, the beard. Yeah. Hence the that's the beard. Yeah. You're not, uh, you don't get the high and tight going on. Yep. Uh, 2015, you started purchasing rental investments, bought a duplex house, hacked that. Um, and then went in all in and, uh, accumulated over a hundred rental units transitioned, you know, to what you're doing today. And, and now you've got a lot of different stuff going on. You got a 40 unit hotel, you got some apartments, you got, uh, mobile homes, uh, all kinds of stuff. It sounds like so. Um, you're also also got a uh, a book, the No BS Guide to Military Life. Um, you know, spent a lot of time helping service members, veterans, their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing and entrepreneurship. So, anyways, with that said, uh, welcome to the show. Why don't you just just give our listeners a little bit more kind of what you're going on, what, what you got going on, what you're focused on, and then we'll dive in. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail pretty much on the head. 2008 joined the Marine Corps. Uh, didn't have money for school, didn't know what to study and wanted to leave Arkansas. So what better way to see the world than enlist and get told you're going to go see the world. And uh, 2015, I'd pretty much made all of the typical service member financial, uh, I don't want to call them mistakes, but that's probably the best word, uh, where I was a young guy who was like, Ooh, cars, tattoos, alcohol, women. This is fun. Ooh, Thailand. Oh, Hey, T Tokyo. Yeah. Woo. Uh, and I didn't have anything to show for it financially, but I had, you know, cool rifle and some tattoos and a, a truck and a sports car and was looking at getting married and was like, I should probably square my life away a little bit and <laughs> and maybe not be broke um so i had uh you know i probably had five or ten grand in the thrift savings plan or 401k and then if you take out the value of all of my other crap that i'd purchased i was probably in the hole as far as net worth goes yeah and uh you're living the american dream yeah you know typical right uh, debt but had a cool car uh, so it was fun. You know, I, I missed that car. Uh, and someone handed me rich dad, poor dad. And I, I listened to it on audio and, you know, I remember, I really liked the idea of it. It just made sense to, I, I'd already thought about buying a house at one point. And so it just made sense to me to have somebody paying rent. And I collect that rent, especially the idea of house hacking. As I started learning about it, where I could buy a duplex, I could live in one part, had someone else pay a good chunk of it. And, and mathematically, I was like, oh, you know, if somebody's paying the majority of my mortgage, I have to live somewhere. If I can find a way to live somewhere and most of my expenses be covered, 
while I'm learning about real estate, that seems like a win-win. And so I did that. And it was cool. And then we got stationed elsewhere. And when I moved out and got a tenant and I had to hire a property manager because I was going to be out of state, all of a sudden I'm spending almost no time on this property and it's, you know, getting a check at the beginning of every month or at the end of every month, you know, depending on how you look at it uh, for my property manager. I was like, oh, it's not a big check, hundred bucks, 200 bucks, but proof of concept. I'm like, well, this works, you know, and hundred bucks, 200 bucks when you're, you know, an E5 in the Marine Corps is still a decent chunk. I mean, you're making, I was making 3,000, 3,500 bucks a month. So, you know, 100, 200 bucks goes a decent way as far as a additional learning. That's essentially, uh, it's like two thirds of a month's pay every year that I was getting. Um, so the proof of concept was enough for me to go a little bit more all in and start writing letters to duplex owners back home and just asking if anyone wanted to sell their place. And about a year, year and a half later, Somebody responded and they didn't want to sell their duplex, but they had a 10 unit. And that was kind of where things started to go a little bit more uh, fun for me. Um, you know, we were able to buy this thing. So honestly, it's the best deal I've ever done numerically. Uh, we got that thing. It appraised for 240. We were under contract at 225. When we negotiated repairs, instead of coming back on all this other stuff, we dropped the purchase price. And so we dropped the purchase price to two twelve five, and this is you know in Podunk, Springfield, Missouri, uh, in two thousand eighteen. So market wasn't quite as hot, and this is a not a nice neighborhood, not a high end property. So this is you know, about as cheap as you're ever going to find a ten unit anywhere. So yeah, don't that's be. A, that's a cheap yeah. price. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It was definitely the type of property that you're like, okay, yeah. I need meth-proof boots and <laughs> uh, firearm, and uh, thank God I've got time and a property manager who has some, some uh, you know, thick skin. Yeah. And in fact, I actually at one point got a phone call that was like, uh, my employees are scared to go collect rent from this guy. Uh, can you please? You're big and scary and in town. Please go collect rent yourself and tell him to be nice to my employees. And that was like the one time I actually went by the place and introduced myself to a tenant and, you know, Missouri's constitutional carry. So I had a firearm open on my hip, had a handgun and went and just introduced myself to the guy and was like, Hey, you know, my property manager tells me that, uh, her girls are scared to come by here. Um, I'd like to think we're not going to have any more problems. Uh, but if we do, you know, <laughs> and guy was super nice to me and uh, he paid rent on time ever, you know, and, and that was, you know, so it was, it was not a nice property, but all that being said, because of the way everything worked out, uh, I didn't have a ton of money. So I asked the seller if he was willing to carry 10% back as part of the down payment. And he was, and then the bank didn't realize we dropped the price. And so they left the original mortgage amount for the higher price, we come to the closing table and the bank was basically like, well, we either need to delay closing a week or you just have to go get a smaller check and bring less down. Okay. So uh, I ended up coming, I think I brought five, it was like 4.9% down. I, I had to bring $10,990 and like 70 cents to the closing table on this oh, 10 unit. Uh, 10 unit. Yeah. And four years to the day later, I sold it and I, I bought it for two twelve five and sold it for three forty, so and it nice. cash flowed every year. So yeah. pretty sweet deal. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, awesome. So that was that was when I went really really all in. I was like, oh, real estate's awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> I can really make 
money doing this, right? It, yeah. it, it's that it's that all of a sudden you start getting those checks and you're like, this actually is working? Really? It like, I wasn't so sure about that. I didn't know the book said it was going to work, but I wasn't sure, quite so sure about that. So, yeah. uh, you know, you've done a lot. And now you've got a lot of different types of assets. So let's let's talk through some of the stuff that you you have, and then I'm gonna poke into those. Yeah, I've got. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, an oddball, I suppose, in the real estate space. They say you're supposed to focus, and I don't do that. I mean, I do. I just think I focus differently, right? So I would like to think, you know, if you think of like cameras, you know, they want people say you're supposed to focus as a like a micro lens where you focus really, really deep in on, you know, a flower. And I focus on flowers, I guess, would be, you know, with a right. much wider lens. You got the wide angle. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I'm a buy and hold investor. And when people are like, cool, what do you buy and hold? I'm like, no, no, that's that's the end. There's a period there. Like, can it cash flow? Can I hold on to it if I buy it? There we go. So I've got, you know, an RV park that I'm involved in. Uh, I mean, at this point, we almost it fell out, unfortunately, at the last minute. But we were going to buy a mobile home park last month. Um, I've got two apartments, a hotel, an RV park, a um, bunch of one to four units. I've sold, bought and sold another apartment, uh, passive partner in two larger apartment deals, out-of-state syndication deals. Um and, and I've also bought a piece of raw land that I seller financed to somebody. I bought it for 8,500 and sold it to somebody else three months later for 20 grand with 6% interest and a three, three-year balloon seller carried. Uh, that's actually one of my favorite deals too. Cause it's like, I get a check every month and in about, I think like 14 months from now, it's going to balloon out and I will have almost tripled up my original cash purchase. So, uh, and no headache, no tenants. Yeah. You know, it's great. Yeah. No maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's been solid. Um, so, you know, I, I, anything fun like that. I mean, I've, I've also built and uh, sold a, a wholesaling company at one point, uh, done some house flipping and, you know, both of those were profitable, but they just weren't nearly as enjoyable for me, way too involved, way too active and took focus away from the online community, online brand, and just not nearly as much fun. Uh, and the hotel, likewise, we're actually under contract to sell the hotel right now in the year and a half that we've owned it. It's not been a terrible investment per se, but it has been of everything that we own. It's been probably 80% of the time involved in the portfolio. I mean, we've turned over the entire employee pool two, if not three times, um, we're in our second set of managers, you know, we've just had so much time invested in trying to you know, streamline the, the payment system and the reviews and the, I mean, it's, it's a much more active business than an actual apartment complex. So it's not, it's a hospitality business, not a buy and hold. And we thought it was going to be something we could automate a lot more than we were able to. And so, you know, we're, we just kind of decided this year that we were going to sell it and move on, move the capital into something more passive. So yeah, but that's kind of the portfolio in a nutshell. How are you finding these um, various types of deals? You know, 
if you're going after a multifamily, you talk to a multifamily broker, right? But but you're going, you, you know, you're buying multifamily, you're buying an RV park, you bought a hotel, you buy buy land. Like how do you how do you find these deals? Most of it's either direct to seller or networking. So you just send them like letters direct to seller. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the hotel and two apartments that are we own right now were purchased due to a letter sent to a single family home. And the guy called, he and I talked for three months, uh, probably once a week. And eventually he agreed to sell us everything because he was trying to retire. And he's like, well, if I'm going to sell this house, I'm going to sell everything. And I would talk to him once a week uh, on my lunch break and on the, on the phone. And finally was convinced him that we were legit. And so he, yeah, he owned two apartments, a hotel and that single family house. And he had gotten a letter on the house. And so we bought, yeah, 2.325 was the purchase price on 79 doors from one seller due to a, a letter on a single family house, which ironically was sent to a property in a town about probably about 40 minutes from where I normally invest. And I just had decided last minute, like, eh, we'll see what this town has to offer. There's probably not a whole lot of comp competition here. And it was the only mailing that I think I ever sent to that town. Um, so just, that's a good hit. Yeah. Total luck. Um, and so, and then the RV park was, this one's even, even more ridiculous. Uh, one of my really good friends texted me one day and said, I've got this really killer RV park. Uh, it, the deal's awesome. Here's all the numbers. I need a hundred thousand dollars to take this down. And I was like, cool, I'll get you a hundred grand. I want 5%. And he's like, you know, I was just messing with him and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. And so I, one of my private lenders had told me just recently that he wanted to be a passive investor in more of a long-term deal and just, just keep him in mind if I knew of anything in my area literally like two days before that. So I just texted him the details and was like, Hey, good friend of mine has this. He operates deals. He's a good property manager and self-manages stuff. If the numbers look good, I'll connect you guys. Also, I told him I want 5% if I connect you guys. And, you know, again, like, ha ha. And uh, so he's like, yo, man, that looks sick. Connect us. So the next day I connect him and I'm just like, Hey man, you know, Marty, this is Dave. Dave, this is Marty. You know, you guys meet each other. Have a great day. Let me know if you need anything. And the first text message from the guy who had the capital was, hey, you want to do 40-40-10 as far as an equity split? And I was like, I was like, I was joking, guys, question mark. And then the other guy responds with like, yeah, that sounds fair. And I was like, uh, I was like, dot, dot, dot. And then one of them was like, can you introduce us to your lender? So literally I brought the guy with the capital, introduced my lender, and then I brought my LLC guy. The only thing other than those three text messages or emails, like introductions I've done in the year that we've owned this is I built the Google business page. And aside from that, like maybe two hours that I've spent on this project, nothing. And I've got a 10% equity stake in a $540,000 RV park that's cash flowing almost double what we purchased it at <laughs> and uh we've added we've added six pads to it and a two bed one bath we turned one of the shops into a two bed one bath and a coin laundry to it 
And so by the end of the year, we should have almost doubled the gross revenue on it because it wasn't even open over the winter the first year. And we've already got it open for the winter with some people staying for the year. Um, so pretty cool, pretty cool deal. But it literally was just random text message networking thing. I'm like, oh, cool. And uh, so I've got a couple random deals like that where people have just reached out and I've just put people together or raised money yeah. on something and ended up with equity. So, so I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of an accidental thing, but it's intentional too. I mean, you, and that's, that's a big lesson I think for the listeners, like if you're intentional about that, I mean, you, you listened to somebody that said they're looking to place some money in just a long, long term. You didn't just ignore it, listen to it thought about it, remembered when that person, when an opportunity came up, remembered to connect that person. You had another friend that came to you. It's got this opportunity. You looked at it, you know, you took it serious. And by doing that, and then you connect your, your lender. And by doing those things, by connecting the right people, by having these relationships that you've built, you just created yourself wealth. Literally all you did, you have no money in this deal. Is that right? Not a dollar. Zero dollars into this deal. And you've got 10% of the equity. And the only reason you have 10% of the equity is because you connected people together. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's the power guys is the, the network is so powerful to build just solid relationships. You will be surprised how much you can get done and how much you can grow with just the power of your network. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. I've actually, uh, I'm kind of trying to harness that. I've got two buddies that are both very well off and both looking for very, very niche, very specific things. Uh, but I mean, we're talking like the two to $10 million price point on, you know, 50 to 200 unit, uh, purchases of, you know, mobile home or apartment, you know, very, very, very specific acquisitions within about 150 mile radius of where I live. And so I'm doing some very targeted marketing right now and and networking, but the, they basically reached out and said, Hey, if you can find, you know, this criteria for me and get me in touch of a seller and it's not on the market, then I'll give you 5% equity for making the deal happen. Um, you know, so if I can figure that out and kind of harness that, I mean, you know, 5% of a two to $10 million deal for putting some pieces together, you know, in the long term is, I mean, that's a pretty sweet deal yeah, uh, to be absolutely. completely passive in with no liability. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, you know, the, the, the focus, um, how do you, how do you focus? You've got a lot going on, a lot of different things. Where's your energy? Where's your focus right now? Uh, currently, a lot of it's on trying to kind of build out the team, build out like the right people around me. I want to focus my energy, a lot of it on networking and content and the like online community. Um, in the real estate space, I'm focused on selling off the properties that are not necessarily underperforming, but more just kind of the stressors. So the yeah. properties that are either haven't been renovated in the last two years or are just not in the best neighborhoods or path of progress. 
and moving that capital into either deals where I'm not going to be the operator or, uh, you know, potential like development plays. So like long-term big upside class A, class B neighborhoods uh, or bigger, just bigger deals, you know, kind of consolidating into, you know, five to 10 big deals rather than a hundred small deals. Um, because, you know, people get wrapped around number of doors and number of houses and, and, and all that stuff's cool. But the reality is like, I will take a single house that cash flows 10 grand over 10 houses that cash flow 10 grand all day. And if I can try to figure that piece out to where it's like, just minimize the stress and have less assets, I'll, I'll do that all day. And that's yeah. kind of where I'm trying to head. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not always about quantity, right? It's, it's quality and what do you actually have and what, what are you building and where is it located and, and all that kind of stuff that matters so much more a lot of times than the quantity. And like you said, so many people are focused on puffing their chest. I've got yeah. so many doors, I've got uh, so many assets under management, so many millions, whatever it is, but they're not quality or they're more hassle than what they're really worth. You yeah. know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, doors is such an ego thing so much. <laughs> I mean, I don't even... Like, I, I think when we, before we jumped on the call, you were like, yeah, so how many, you know, and, and like, I think my answer to you was kind of like, yeah, I think it's somewhere around this. I'd honestly, I'd have to look at my spreadsheet. Like, I, I don't, yeah. I don't remember exactly how many houses or whatever. Um, Nor does it really truly matter. Right. No. And that's kind of intentional. I don't, nah. you know, it's like, mm, I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Tell me about the online community. What do you, what do you, what are you building there? Yeah, you know, it started in 2018 at the recommendation of a friend. Uh, I was learning, I wanted to write a book eventually, and I, ironically, not any of the books that I've written yet is something totally different that I will eventually get around to if I don't die first, you know, and I'm going to end up, it's going to be one of those stories where it's like for 10, 20, 30 years, I talk about writing this book and then one day I die and people are like, maybe he should have written that book one of these days, <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, so I wanted to write a book and I asked my buddy, Hey, how do you write a book? And he was like, well, you know, all these ways, but if you want to get good at writing, you should start a blog. Oh, cool. What do I write about? He's like, I don't know. Just you do real estate. I don't know. There's not a whole lot of military guys who write about real estate. Why don't you just document what you're learning from a military perspective? And I was like, Oh, that sounds smart. And I can do that. Maybe it'll reinforce some of what I'm learning. And so I just kind of started documenting, you know, my journey, learning about real estate, while I was doing the military thing. And then it was like, it went from like documenting to answering questions. Like people would ask, Oh, Hey, this was cool. What about this? And then I'd hear the same question two or three times. So I'd answer that in content. And then I just kind of progressed and people started appreciating my honesty or whatever. Uh, I think just being a goofball, right. I just talked to my audience. Like I was a Marine and one day it just kind of started to explode, I guess, like the Facebook group took off and I was like, oh, there's something to this. And so it kind of went from this, like, I'm documenting what I'm learning to, oh, holy crap, people look at me expert. Um, and now I actually am kind of confident in what I know. And I did go to the Marine Corps Financial Specialist training. I did get a you know, associate's degree in real estate. And I did get my real estate license and I did get my national mortgage lender 
license and I did, you know, I don't transact either of those things, but I got the licenses just so I can speak to it. Um, and I did do, you know, whatever. And I read the VA guidelines on the VA loan and I became really savvy at all that stuff. Uh, and the more that people ask questions and I would just dig, you know, into the content so that I could answer the questions in a two to 3000 word blog post, then I became like the subject matter expert on assuming the VA loan, because I've now written a 3000 word article on it by compiling 10 other articles and resources into this thing. Uh, and people are like, you know, so it just all of a sudden it kind of grew into this crazy thing where I realized, Hey, there's, I, there's something here. And it just became a mission uh, where it's like, well, you know, this is way more fulfilling than real estate. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love real estate, uh, but you know, it kind of goes back to that whole, you make $10,000 with real estate. You can make $10,000 helping other people make $10,000. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've yet to have a tenant thank me for letting them pay rent, but I've had plenty of people thank me for helping them buy houses. And so it's just way more fulfilling to help service members use their VA loan or help service members yep. learn about basic finance stuff or, or get out of debt. Or, you know, just last week, I haven't posted the video yet uh, because I, I asked this girl for a, uh, I guess you'd call it a testimonial, which makes it sound selfish, but um, she had a house that she bought and then she was, it was in South Florida and she took a job in Sacramento and for a year, she tried to sell this house with an agent and he couldn't sell it. And she tried to drop the price like 50 grand to take a loss and he wouldn't do it. And he almost had her convinced to just take a foreclosure. And she posted in the Facebook group and was just like, please help. And I was like, no, oh, that sounds ridiculous. Let me introduce you to my buddy who lives there. And he, you know, the basically we broke, got her break the listing agreement with her current agent. Uh, it was about to be done anyway. So we're like, dude, this is going to be up in two weeks. Just let me out of the, the listing agreement. You clearly can't sell the house. So she did. And my buddy James listed the house and had it under contract in two days for 10 or 15,000 over asking price mm -hmm. and sold. And they got it closed, I think in 17 or 18 days, cleared to close with the VA loan and just crushed it. Mm -hmm. And so something like that, you know, to me is, is just huge. Cause it's like, okay, here's this community where this lady was literally about to get foreclosed on and just like have her finances destroyed because of a totally incompetent real estate agent. And instead I'm able to introduce her to this dude who's a Navy SEAL who just happens to sell houses on the side and is just an absolute stud. And he's like, Oh, got you. And two days later, you know, it's done and she's got it off her hands and didn't lose money on it. Uh, well, except for all the payments over the last year, but that's, right, right. you know, so um, didn't lose it though. And more importantly, didn't get foreclosed on, didn't lose it. Yeah. She was in potential of losing the thing and that connection made the difference. Yeah. So, uh, you know, things like that within the community are just so, so fulfilling. Um, and so it's, it's fun, you know, it's a really cool thing to be a part of. I think, I mean, lots of cool stuff there, but one of the, one of the things that is really cool, it sounds like what you're doing or what you did is maybe not as much anymore, but especially to start with is you would take and read a bunch of stuff on different on the, on the one subject, right? You take and compile all that information and basically summarize it. And that would be your blog. You're like, here, here's what I learned essentially yep. is you did that. And you also documented your journey. I think that's so powerful. I think people underestimate documenting your journey. I wish I could go back in time 
and document my journey. You know, now talking about what I do is cool, you know, but, but when it's, especially when you're first beginning, you connect with so many people because they are a few steps behind you. And they're like, oh, then they can follow that journey and they can yeah. understand where you're at, where the kind of the farther along you go, the less maybe people connect with you because they're like, wow, he's so far ahead of me. She's so far ahead of me. Look at what they're doing. Wow. And so I, I think it's so cool to document your journey. And then look, I mean, guys and gals, if you're listening to this and you want to become an expert or a thought leader, you don't need to know everything. You just need to take and shake something a little bit more confusing and break it down and make it simple. Like that's all yep. you need to do to make people go, wow, this person really knows what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and even to this day, uh, there's plenty of topics where I'm not the person who should be breaking it down and make it simple. And I just bring in the person who should, uh, you know, I'm given a, creative financing presentations within my mastermind right now. And one of the topics that I was going to try to break down was the calculations and understanding net present value and how to factor that in for when to sell a note, which for anyone who's never looked up those calculations, uh, if you're not a math whiz, don't do it. Your head will explode. Mm -hmm. um, I spent 30 minutes trying to figure out, like I understand net present value calculations and I spent 30 minutes trying to figure out how to add it into my slide deck presentation to in a way that would be simple enough to explain in a PowerPoint without dragging the PowerPoint on for an extra hour. Right. And then I was like, you know what? One of the people in the mastermind is a CFO. And so I shot her a message and was like, you will to give a presentation on this specific topic. Can you do it in a way that's simple enough for people to understand? And she's like, yeah, I got you. I'm like, cool. That's a whole different presentation. Now I don't have to do it. Again, I just that, could not break it down. Yeah, and it's that connection that you were talking about earlier. You know, you're bringing in an expert, something makes it so simple. Still, yeah. you still look good because you brought that person in, uh, and it helps everybody in in the in the meantime. So, uh, David, what's a what's a mistake along this journey that you've made, and and how have you learned from it? Oh, I appreciate you phrasing it like I've just made one. Um, <laughs> oh my I think, gosh. I'm sure it's only been one. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe two. Only, only one. Definitely don't listen to the bigger pockets of 731 about my lawsuit. Uh, I, you, oh my gosh. Um, did I, yeah, I've made all kinds of them. I think the biggest mistake could just be broken down to. If anyone who's familiar with the disc profile, which is like the Tony Robbins made it big, but like the personality test, mm -hmm. I'm a 99 I. And I think the biggest mistake has been that being a crutch. So uh, anyone who doesn't know what that means, 99 I is like the, it's the, the superpower of networking and being great with people, but it's also the crutch of trusting people too much right off the bat, which is the biggest mistake. And caring what other people think, whether you want to or not, and wondering if people are going to approve of your decisions and second guessing yourself and imposter syndrome. And so all of those things tie into my personality. And it took me a long, long time to just realize they were just personality things and to be able to say, Hey dude, uh, shut up, get out of your own way. <laughs> like lean into the fact that you're good at this and just go for it and stop listening yeah. to your, your little voice and stop caring what people might think. Uh, and yeah, stop trusting people so much. 
unfortunately, whether you want to believe it or not, there are people with bad intentions and yep. you should document things. And if somebody wants to be your partner and they seem like your absolute best friend in the world, that's great. If they really are, they're going to be okay with you going to an attorney to draft up documents that cover your butt in this partnership. And if they seem hmm. offended by that, then you shouldn't trust them. So that's burned me once or twice. Yeah. 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 Trust but verify, right? That that's mm -hmm. the that's the saying. I'm very yeah. trusting too, and I it, it's gotten me into trouble yep. many a times. Um, or or I shouldn't say trouble, but gotten gotten me to where you know lose money, just shouldn't have been in that kind of partnership relationship, whatever it might be. Um, because you just trust people, and yeah, and you just for me, I just assume that everybody's like me. You know, I'm sure that's part of what you do. You're just like, yeah, seems like a nice yeah. enough person. Like, you you wouldn't do that, so why no. would they? Like, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the it's like the prenup thing, right? Like, if you're, yeah. you know, worth a hundred million dollars and you're getting married, and the person loves you, and you go, hey, you know, there's something we should talk about. Um, we should probably discuss a prenup before we get married, and they flip their lid. That's a major red flag, um, because. Right there, morning bells, probably a reason that they're because they're not they're gonna play the game and be like, Oh, you don't trust me and trust nah, me. Nah, nah, gaslight, yeah. gaslight, gaslight. No, like you're mad because now you realize that you're not just gonna get my money if XYZ, like, and that's clearly you're showing your signs. Um, same thing with an LLC, right? If your partner's not willing to get an operating agreement drafted by an attorney, like then they're probably not. Like that's, that's like the, the single most important thing that I tell people nowadays is like, if you're going to do a partnership, which I'm kind of hesitant to recommend anyone do, but if you're going to form a partnership, you should treat it like a prenup and, and not the money side, but the conflict resolution side of a prenup or the conflict resolution side of an LLC operating agreement. Like you should figure out how you're going to handle when issues arise and put them in writing before yep. you form that partnership, because yep. it's going to happen. And no matter how great you guys are now. When things go south, people aren't as nice. So, yeah, very true. Very true. Um, okay, cool. What's your favorite book? <laughs> oh, man, there are entirely too many options. I, I almost, I almost hate that question at this point. Um, you got a topic you want an answer on? Business, real estate, oh. mindset. Just what's a book that you've read within the last, you know, six months or so that you enjoyed? And there's a lot of them, but you know what book I I I enjoyed that I, I think I just like to tell people this answer because nobody's ever gonna go read it. And that's uh Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Because it's over a thousand pages and nobody's right. ever going to take the time to read it. See, there you go. I loved that one. <laughs> um, and almost no one's ever like that I've ever said that to has, has read it. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I think it was nice because I don't read much fiction. And although it's still very much a business capitalist type book, it's technically fiction. Um, and so Sometimes it, was, it feels reality. Yeah, it was it was a fun read yeah. for me. Um but there's a uh, man. There's so many good books out there. One that one that was helpful as far as like business stuff goes 
for me as somebody who's just super distractible uh, was the book Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt. That one's helped me out a lot. Hmm. Love it. Um, all right. So last question before we wrap up, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? Yeah. You know, as I think about this, I, I really think that the answer should just be, I mean, it should just be, it's so, it's almost too simple. Right. But like, just increase your savings rate, stay consistent and play the long game. And if we can just do that, you'll be all right. You just continue to do that over the long term. You're not going to fail. Here's the, here's the thing is uh, I've done, you know, 600 episodes. And if somebody has a secret to success, they're lying. There's no secret. It's, it's that it is pretty much that simple. Like just be consistent savings, consistency, and you don't, you don't need, it's not rock and science. You don't need to do crazy wild things to create wealth. You don't need to, you know, invent or be the CEO of Tesla, right? You don't, you don't need to invent the next whatever life-saving device. You, you just, you don't need to, like, it, would that, would that help? Would that create some wealth? Certainly, certainly yeah. it does. If you're the CEO of Amazon, are you going to, you know, get some wealth. But by the way, you're not going to keep it if you don't yeah. follow some of the other steps too. So, but yeah. it's, it's just not that, it's just not rocket science. Yeah. There's plenty of broke people with really, really good jobs or former pro athletes that, you know, were lottery winners. I mean, the, the data is out there that having made a lot of money doesn't mean you have a lot of money. Yep. Yep. That's not, that's not the secret to wealth no. creation is not just making a lot of money. You no. have to keep it too. Yep. So love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, David, how can uh, listeners get in touch with you? Learn more about what you got going on. You got you got books. Uh, how can they? Oh, yeah. How can they reach you? Yeah, I just created a new uh, web page actually. So anybody who would like a copy of the No BS Guide to Military Life or wants to give it to a service member in their life, uh, if you go to the page. Uh, thebestpodcastguest.com you can uh, go there and all my socials are linked there but you can download a free pdf copy of the book too so um, obviously i can't just mail free physical copies because i that wouldn't help me keep wealth but uh free pdf copy at least uh but links to all my social media platforms um for the longest time i just told people oh yeah shoot me a message on instagram and no one ever did so i was like maybe i should create a memorable web domain <laughs> and yeah love so it. that's it Love it. Well, I appreciate it. Um, man, any, any last words that you want to let her tell our listeners? You know, the one thing that I've been pretty passionate about telling people, uh, as my like final piece of advice is lately has just been, uh, and this isn't rocket science either is just, I think people need to filter the advice that they receive through the lens of whether or not the person giving the advice has achieved what they are looking to achieve. Mm. Uh, so, you know, surrounding That's yourself valuable. with the right people, man, I actually needed to hear that right now. Um, that is so valuable because you get so much advice from people that don't necessarily have your best interest in mind and have not been where you want to go. Yeah. And and it just like sometimes it fogs your brain and it confuses you and it 
makes you feel maybe even guilty about where you're going, what you're doing, what you've been doing. And uh, that's perfect. I just had somebody that said something that has kind of made me question some things and I, I just needed it. That, that was perfect timing. So I appreciate <laughs> that for, for me. Glad to, man, glad to help. Yeah. Yeah. And, helped, and ironically, me. even if they do have your best interests at heart, uh, I tell people, think of your mom. If your mom obviously has your best interest at heart, but if you were trying to become a professional UFC fighter, that's not who you'd go to for coaching. Yeah. Even though she loves yeah. you. Yeah. So, you know, filter it that way. Love it. Love it. Well, again, David, really appreciate it. And uh, you have a fantastic rest of the day. You too. Thanks for having me, brother. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.